Hey there. My name is Aubrey Henderson. I'm a self-worth coach and professional calm in the chaos. I believe that when you're feeling stuck in your life and you can't decide on the next right step, that getting some perspective or a pep talk from someone outside of your shoes can be an absolute game changer. This podcast is that pep talk. Every week, I'll share my responses to listener questions, real life coaching sessions, and interviews about topics that you can connect with and learn from. All things that will help you to reconnect with your own self-worth and inner goodness and vision for your life so you can feel great and get shit done. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hey babes, how's it going? I am really excited to be with you all again on the podcast this week. If you listen to the podcast uh, in real time as it is released or as it comes out, then you know that last week I took a much needed uh, week off of recording and producing the podcast. And so you know, if you follow along regularly, you know that my new episodes are released on Mondays at midnight. Um, so they're ready to go for folks on Monday morning. Uh, but last week I made a kind of Sunday afternoon call when I usually am like, you know, putting the finishing touches on the podcast and, you know, getting, um, all of my content ready for social to push out the podcast for you all. I made a decision to take a break and take a week off. And if you know me well, you know that that was not easy for me to do. Um, because I just am somebody who likes to stick to my routines, stick to, you know, kind of my habits and, you know, keep things that are important to me in place as much as I can. But last weekend, I was not in a good space um, in terms of kind of like external stressors in my life, things that were going on, my own kind of mental health, um, which in turn was impacting kind of my own physical health as well. And so I took a break and I actually, um, shared on Instagram that I was taking a week off and got a ton of really encouraging, lovely, supportive messages from a lot of you. Um, just, you know, saying like, hey, this is, you know, do what you have to do. Take care of yourself. I support you. Just lovely stuff. So, you know, if you were one of those people, thank you for that. Um, and no matter who you are, just thanks for, you know, understanding that, you know, while I sit here and preach the good news of self-care and self-love that I've got to do that same shit for myself sometimes, even when it's hard. And so that's what I did last week, but I'm really excited to be back and, I thought, you know, what better topic to talk about than how to, you know, how to really cope and hold it together when shit gets hard, when things in your life are feeling overwhelming and stressful and out of control. Um, You know, just talking about kind of my own experiences there and the things that I do to try to keep my shit together. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that. And then um, additionally, in this episode, I will share a um, little, you know, guided meditation um, that I use when I am feeling overwhelmed or stressed out. And so, you know, you can stay tuned for that. 
I will, um, in the show notes, make sure to include where that meditation um, starts in terms of like the timestamp. So you can jump straight to it if that's something that you find helpful and you want to be able to jump to. But, you know, thank you as always for being here, for listening um, to the podcast. And if you are listening and you enjoy, um, go ahead and take a screenshot, share it to social, make sure you tag me. I'm at Aubrey, that's A, four H's, B-R-E-E. Um, I would love to hear from you and would love to hear if, you know, what I'm sharing today is uh, relatable for you, if it's adding value, if you learned something new or got a new perspective um, from this conversation today. Um, would love if you would let me know. All right. Enjoy. Okay, y'all, I'm just going to be all the way totally real with you and say that um, (laughs) I've had a shitty couple of weeks and not because any anybody has done anything to wrong me or to mess up my life in any way not because I you know have had one particularly catastrophic event happen but just because I have experienced kind of that perfect culmination of like just too many distinct big things happening or moving at once Um, that just leaves me feeling totally fucking overwhelmed and like I have no idea which thing to focus on or which direction to go or what I need to be doing and I just feel completely overwhelmed and like I am not like I don't have any control over my life or like there's no one thing I feel like I have a good grip on because there are just enough things that it's pulling my attention in too many directions And I feel like as I'm saying this, there are at least a handful of you that I'm sure and probably more are kind of nodding along like, yes, this is me. I can picture an exact time or moment or week or month in my life that I felt exactly this way. It's a lot and it's hard. And I am somebody who prides myself on my ability to multitask. And I feel like we, you know, we exist in an era right now where the ability to kind of focus on 10 million things at once and, you know, do well enough at a bunch of different shit is really prized. And I, you know, when it, I have too many like balls in the air, so to speak, if we think about it like juggling and there's just too much shit and stuff starts to drop and then one thing drops and you're paying attention to that dropping and then suddenly something else drops and then it all drops it is completely overwhelming. It is rattling. And I hate it. I hate nothing more than the feeling uh, that like I don't have a grip on my shit, that I don't, you know, have control. Nothing feels worse. And so I'm talking like I will come home and like collapse into a heap on my bed and just cry. And, you know, I haven't, um, haven't been at this place in a while. It's not, it hasn't happened to me as many times since I've had kids as before, simply because I I lived 20 something years before having kids. So I just had more opportunities to experience this, I suppose. Um, But, you know, with kids now, it's like once they fall asleep, hopefully is when I have my kind of like come apart moment. Um, Is that, I, I think that's a regional term, but it's something that I heard growing up was like when you're when you're really upset, you're having to come apart, um, which I, I now think maybe it's Southern, but I, ha- I do have some Southern family members. Anyway, whatever. But so that will happen to me. I have this sort of come apart moment. And, 
usually it's my lovely, wonderful wife, God bless her, who has to be there to kind of experience this. And I don't like to let anyone else see me this way. Um, Even my therapist, I've told her, like, it's really a stretch for, you know, me to let her see me at at kind of my my falling apart moments. But, you know, this kind of forces me there in ways that I don't want to be. And I, you know, I find that when I get overwhelmed, when there's too much shit going on, when I feel like I don't have a particularly good handle on any of it, that I also become a crappy friend. Um, and I don't want to say a crappy friend. That's not fair. And, you know, my friends are lovely and generous and understand that I'm going through a lot of stuff. And so, you know, when I do this, they are very understanding. But I will just kind of fall off the map as a friend when this happens. Um because I go to a place where, you know, I'm somebody who struggles with anxiety and my anxiety is activated and my coping mechanism when I feel anxious is to just completely like block out kind of external stimulus as much as possible. And um, so I will like not respond to texts. I will not want to spend time together or hang out. I just kind of like want to shut down and like turn inward and be alone Um which isn't actually conducive to me getting the support I need to get through something that's really hard. So all that to say, I've, I've been in that space y'all for a couple of weeks now. And I feel like right now I'm, I'm in a moment where I'm seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. I got through a couple of projects that were, you know, kind of, kind of weighing on me and I was kind of worried about, I got through some, you know, tough like milestone moments. And so I am at a place where I, wanted to talk to you all about this because I feel like, you know, a lot of the time when I start seeing a a client for coaching one-on-one, this is the place that they're in, right? Is this place of like, my life has become unmanageable and I need some help. Um, And being able to ask for help is like step number one, right? But it's this idea of, and I think this is, I feel like this is a David Foster Wallace quote, but I'm going to, I'm going to Google it right now as I'm talking just to make sure. But this, this quote that I love is, um, my life is unmanageable and I'd like to share it with you. So my life is unmanageable and I'd like to share it with you. And I'm saying it out loud as I'm typing it so I can see who wrote it. And it, I, I, yes, it was David Foster Wallace. I had to scroll for a minute because of the typos as I'm typing on my phone. My life is unmanageable and I'd like to share it with you. And so a lot of my clients are at this point, right? They're in this moment where it's like it's unmanageable and I need to fucking talk to someone about it because I've tried the kind of going at it alone and figuring it out on my own and it hasn't worked. And so I meet people in this moment all the time. This is when a lot of people reach out to me and decide like, hey, this isn't working and like something's got to give, something's got to get better or like I can't go on much longer like this. Um, So I wanted to talk to you all about kind of like what happens in that moment, how I cope with it and get through it. And some of this is going to be like how I ideally would cope with it and get through it. You know, my my wife might listen to this and be like, Aubrey, like some of the stuff you need to take your own fucking advice, babe. Um, But you know, I, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So I think, you know, just wanted to share with you some of kind of the key strategies to, you know, staying afloat, holding it together when you feel like you're drowning, when you feel like 
life is out of control and you are just overwhelmed and don't know which direction to go. And so maybe this applies to you right now, in which case, great. I hope something in this episode is helpful to you. Maybe it doesn't apply right now, but maybe it's something to return to when you are just feeling like you're drowning and like you need a strategy to kind of um, jumpstart yourself out. So number one for me is identifying your support system. Now, this, I say support system, and I feel like people hear that and they're like, oh God, like they feel like they have to have this huge network of people that are supporting them. Your support system can literally be like one or two people. Your support system can be your mom or your sibling or your guardian. They can be your significant other. It can be, you know, your friend. It can be a coworker that you really trust. It could be your therapist. It could be a community of people on the internet who are really important to you literally just another living being who can provide you with some encouragement and support. And that part is so key and it, it's hard this one's really hard for me and I'm I don't always do great at this. I'm somebody who for a million different reasons really prides myself on this idea and I, I've talked about this here y'all. I'm really trying to deprogram this but it's really hard. Because for so long, I've, I've sort of, you know, taken to being proud of this idea of being low maintenance or not needing a lot from other people. And like one, I'm not only learning that, you know, that just isn't simply isn't true. And I do have needs and that's OK and that's normal. It still is not my first instinct when I'm struggling, when I'm like really going through it. My first instinct is not to reach out and say, hey, I need support. And so I say that to say, you know, when I suggest this as like number one thing to do when you are having a hard time, I don't do that lightly or as if to suggest it's super easy because I know it's not for everyone. Okay. But it is the thing that in my experience and, you know, from talking to tons and tons of people ends up being transformative is finding your support system. And again, Maybe what you're going through, you don't want to share with your significant other. Maybe you don't want to share it with, you know, your friends or with a family member. Maybe it is. And I, I very much believe in kind of the support we can find from strangers on the Internet. I'm somebody who has made a ton of friendships that matter a lot to me through Instagram. You know, I back in the day, um, I say back in the day, like it was a million years ago, but probably like 10 ish years ago. I was super into Tumblr and I'm tragically not as into it anymore, but I made a ton of friends there that when I was having a hard time, there were people and they weren't necessarily people I was like calling, talking to on the phone, but they were people who I was able to connect with, to have shared experience with, to, you know, um, just receive kind of some support and encouragement and validation from to know that there's another human being out there who's invested in what I'm going through, who's cheering me on. And I think the power in that cannot be discounted. And so, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say tap into a support system, whatever that looks like for you. I would say another thing that is a game changer for me is writing shit down. And so this is not simply, I mean, this to me is a big thing when I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed by tasks. And this can feel slightly different if what you're feeling, you know, overwhelmed by is not necessarily like task or to do or project related, but I still think it has value. So 
for me, like I get a ton of stuff swimming in my head. And as somebody with anxiety, that what that triggers for me is this idea of like, oh shit, it's all going to float around in my head and then I'm going to lose it. It's going to disappear. I'm going to forget what I need to do. And a ball is going to drop and then three more balls are going to drop and it's going to be a disaster. And so my strategy for that is to write things down. And whether that's physically writing, like I have a notebook by my bed where if I if my thoughts are racing before I go to bed, I will scribble everything in a notebook so it is captured. It exists there. I can sleep and not worry that in the night those, you know, critical, important thoughts or tasks or, you know, whatever are going to escape from my brain. Writing shit down is also a way to kind of organize my thoughts. So, you know, I've had moments where I feel terribly anxious about something, worried about something, not sure how I'm going to figure out how to do something. And I will just start jotting down notes and the act of actually writing things down tangibly and then being able to kind of organize my thoughts visually instead of just having them in my brain. And some of this is because I'm a visual learner, but the act of writing things down is an incredible tool for me, has been a game changer. And I recommend this a lot to, you know, I've had clients um, who have struggled with, you know, stress and worry, um, especially, you know, like struggling with sleep as it relates to that. And so this idea of having a notebook by the bed to like jot stuff down can be really, really helpful. Because when we have those, those swimming, racing thoughts, then the act of actually writing them down, the act of capturing them, the act of going through the motion of having it translate from your brain through your hand, either onto a piece of paper or, I mean, if you're a phone note taker, which I also am, I like to do the notes app that, you know, connects both to my phone and to my laptop. So I, you know, kind of capture everything there when I'm having like a random thought or an idea pops into my brain when I'm on the train, I can kind of quickly capture that. So whatever method kind of works for you. But being able to write shit down, being able to get something from a nebulous space in your brain into something concrete and visual um, is, is really helpful to kind of make it feel, in my experience, more manageable. And so when I'm, when I have the racing thoughts, when I'm overwhelmed and sometimes it's hard for me to just even literally parse out like what is stressing me out. I mean, anybody else ever feel that way where it's like I'm just stressed the fuck out. I'm so anxious and I have no idea why, <laughs> which is like even more, that is more anxiety inducing to me, too, is this idea of like, I don't even know why I'm stressed. I'm just stressed like my brain has just betrayed me. My anxiety is in full gear. And so you know, I, I find that exercise of like jotting stuff down to be really helpful because it helps me to identify what are the themes of what's stressing me out. So if I'm just having thoughts and I'm just jotting down those thoughts, even like key words or phrases that keep repeating in my brain, it can help me to kind of access and, and zero in on what it is that actually is even triggering this level of distress for me. Um, and once it's in a list, on a piece of paper, in a notes app, whatever, it becomes something more manageable than just like a, a, you know, cloud of stress and worry in my brain. And so from there comes kind of my next piece, which is make a plan. So, you know, something for me is like I'm, when I'm anxious, when I'm overwhelmed, when I'm stressed out, when it feels unmanageable, I will just stew in the worry forever. 
I will just sit in the worry. I will sit in the, oh no, this is never going to work out. Nothing's, it's never going to get done. I'm going to be stuck in this kind of worry cycle and I will get stuck and stay stuck. Um, I'm somebody who is very, very prone to kind of this cyclical thinking of like, it's all going to go wrong. It's all going to go wrong. I don't know what I'm going to do. What are we going to do? How am I going to make this work? How am I going to manage all of this? And so the way to jolt myself out of that, and it connects kind of back to number two of writing things down, is to create a plan. And so, you know, when I get into that place of, God, I'm never going to get this project done. What I have to do is kind of push back and challenge that inner thought cycle a little bit. So going back to what I always say, this idea of talking back to your inner critic, having a, a dialogue or a conversation with your inner critic coming back and saying, okay, actually, I, I, we are going to figure this out and here's what we're going to do and creating a plan. And this can be literally just jotting down like what the steps are that are involved to getting there. So if it's like, you know, I'm stressed out because I'm like, my kitchen is never going to be clean. Let's just use that, that as an example, even though my kitchen is reasonably clean right now. But um, thanks to my wife. Thank you, wife. But if I think to myself, my kitchen is never going to be clean and I allow myself to stew in that thought that is just overwhelming or my, my apartment is never going to be clean. So let's make it a little bigger because the kitchen example is not quite powerful enough for me. So um, my apartment's never going to be clean. It's, it's messy. It's, you know, cluttered. I have kids in here, whatever. My apartment's never going to be clean. If I get stuck in that cycle, it's hard to just jump from my apartment's never going to be clean to like, Yes, I can clean my apartment. What's easier for me is if I identify, okay, let me think about what it would take to clean my kitchen. That's one part of my apartment. What are the things in my kitchen that I have to do? I need to wash the dishes in the sink and then put them away. I need to wipe down all of the counters. I need to take everything out of the fridge and spray down the inside of the fridge and wipe it out and clean it out and then put everything back in. I need to check the pantry to see if there are, you know, cans that are expired. I need to check the freezer and see if anything is freezer burned. When I break it down into these concrete steps, not only does that serve the purpose of helping me to see that each step itself is is more manageable than, oh, let me snap my fingers and clean my apartment. That task feels daunting and enormous and huge. So breaking it down into into kind of like a, a concrete plan, a project plan, makes each little piece feel more manageable. But it also helps me see kind of the whole picture from start to finish and exactly what steps I need to take to get there instead of letting it be this nebulous, overwhelming goal. So I think there's there's that piece that you can apply to one project or you can apply to kind of the broader, you know, if you have like six projects going on at once and you know that they all need to happen you need to get all of these things done. You have no fucking idea how you're going to do it. You know you need help, but you don't know who you need to ask for help on what. Then this idea of breaking it down into kind of a project plan, into you know six distinctive start-to-finish projects with distinct parts and steps. It's a lot easier than if your neighbor has said like, hey, do, you know, I've noticed you seem stressed. Do you need support with anything? Like, Let me know if there's anything I can help with. If you just know like, oh, my apartment's a mess and I know I want it to get clean, but it's a fucking mess right now, then you don't know what you're, you need your neighbor to help with. Whereas, you know, if you know that one of the steps of, you know, 
cleaning out your kitchen is to take out all the recycling and you know your neighbor's going to take out their recycling, you could ask them for help with that. You have a concrete kind of item to ask for help with. And again, these are just examples, right? But you know, I think we've all probably been in the place in life where someone we love has been like, hey, I could tell you're going through it right now. And like, if you need support, like, let me know if you need anything. And we're like, dude, we have, I have no idea what I need. <laughs> like, I just know I'm overwhelmed and I don't know what I need. So one, that's a that's another way for me to say, like, if you're offering support to your friends, try to like come up with an idea of what you might be able to support them with, especially if somebody's going through something really intense like grief or loss or, you know, something to that effect. It's it's always going to be, in my opinion, a little bit more helpful if you can say like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Would it help if I brought some groceries over versus, hey, I'm, you know, I'll help with anything. Just let me know. When you're actually then putting a task on the other person who's overwhelmed to figure out what they need your help with. Um, but all of that is to say, if you are that person who has, has had somebody say, hey, what can I help you with? then this idea of making a plan, kind of creating a concrete step-by-step plan for whatever it is that's overwhelming you also gives you the ability to kind of plug in the people who want to support you and, you know, identifying ways that they can do that. And it ultimately still is in service of your larger goal that is what's stressing you out. So that's making a plan. Another thing that I think is really important when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you're dealing with a lot, is to be realistic about your own bandwidth or your own capacity or, you know, what you can realistically do. So being realistic about your own bandwidth. And so I suck at this, y'all. I'm not, and I know that's not like a, you know, (laughs) strengths-based approach to describing myself, but this is a this is an opportunity area for me. This is something I struggle with quite a bit because like I said, I like to believe that I really have no limits or, you know, no needs. Um, and that I can just pretty much do whatever I set my mind to. And I like I believe that that is true. And I also believe I have limits and um, you know, I need to be realistic, especially when I'm in a time of stress about what I can accomplish. And so you know, like I mentioned at the top of this episode last week, I, um, you know, was had had a shitty week, was going into what I knew was going to be a really busy and stressful week. And I made the decision to not produce or release a podcast. And that was really hard for me. I mean, I'm like, I'm somebody who has trouble with that. I, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't do well with acknowledging kind of my own limitations and that feels hard for me. There's a lot of shame wrapped up in that for me. But I think when I'm able to do it, it's one of the greatest gifts I can give myself is to be able to say no to things that I don't have capacity to do. And it's a gift to, in many ways, to the people around you if you're able to do that. So like if you're in a shitty place, if you are overwhelmed, if there's like a lot going on for you and you really like, you know that you don't have it in you to like go, you know, to a party with a friend of yours who invited you to go to this party with them, but you do it anyway and you know that like you're going to be an emotional wreck while you're there and you know you're not going to be fun to be around, but you go anyway like that's you're not doing a kindness to the person whose date you are being to that party. Um you are not doing a kindness to a friend by 
going and spending time with them when you are not present, when you are not in an emotionally positive place. And that's not to say that like, you know, when you're feeling crappy, you should never hang out with your friends because of course, you know, being with people can cheer you up. You you know yourself better than anybody else. But being realistic about, you know, whether you can take on something new in a time when you're stressed out and overwhelmed, um, you know, not saying yes to stuff just because your default is usually to say yes and really being honest with yourself about what you can realistically manage and what you can handle. And so another piece here to that end is like telling people that that you're going through something or what you're going through. This one is also hard for me. Surprise, surprise. A lot of these are hard for me. Anything that's not around like making a list and project planning is difficult for me as a recovering people pleaser, as, you know, somebody who's an empath and who cares about the people around me. The idea of telling somebody that I'm going through a hard time, that I'm having an emotionally difficult time, that my anxiety has been triggered or is like totally out of control is mortifying to me. And yet I'm going to tell you how important it is because I also believe it's important for me and it's a lesson that I'm trying to learn. And so just being honest with people and of course people you trust, right? This is not like, you know, tell your coworker that you barely know or a stranger on the subway, like what you're going through. But, you know, your friends, the people who care about you, your family, you know, to the extent that you're you're willing to kind of share personally with people or that you have trust with people, sharing what you're going through, you know, is such, one, is, is such a gift of connection to people, can create kind of, you know, genuine connection and vulnerability. And again, not asking you to like, you know, create a ton of emotional vulnerability when it doesn't feel safe. Um, But, you know, acknowledging that there might be a little discomfort and it could be okay to push past that and to say like, look, I'm a human. It's okay if I don't always appear to have my shit together, Um, which I say and I smile because I, this is a, it's a big lesson for me. It's something I talk to my therapist about all the time. It's something I talk to my coach about all the time. But, you know, this idea of just really being honest and realizing that, you know, this thing I talk about all the time, that um, the vulnerability is a conduit to connection, that being willing to take risks and share more of ourselves with people creates opportunity for others to do the same and ultimately for greater connection. And connection is something that is healing when we have these alienating experiences of feeling like we are too overwhelmed or anxious or stressed to be able to handle anything. When we feel like we're drowning, connection is the life raft. And so creating those windows for connection by letting people know that you're going through something. And then ultimately in the end, letting people help you. And that kind of goes back to this idea of like finding your support system. Um, It goes back to, you know, we talked about making a plan and having input points for people to help you. But, you know, when people want to support you, let them. And remembering, you know, what we talk about here almost every week, which is this idea that like having needs is not a sign of weakness. Needing support and needing to be poured into and needing to be loved is not a negative thing. It's not a sign that you're weak. It's not a sign that you're less than. It is not something to feel shame about. 
And I don't say that lightly because I know that there is a ton of kind of like deprogramming that a lot of folks have to go through because we have been taught that needing support, that needing people, that needing anything really is weak. And so I don't say this to dismiss any of that or kind of how serious the implications are of that. But I say this to be another voice telling you that other people want to help you. There's a reason that people say, hey, let me know what you need. You know, I'm here if you want to talk. I'm here if you need support. It's because people genuinely want that. And people might not know what it is that you need, at which point you might have to reach out and tell them or ask them what you need. And that goes back to number three, making a plan and actually being able to identify, like, what are the things I might need from someone else? right? But people want to help. People say that because they see that you are hurting and they want to soothe that for you. They want to find a way to like help support you and be kind of a conduit for healing for you. And so you are also doing people a kindness. You are you are doing something kind and creating connection for other people, giving them an opportunity to connect with you by supporting you when you are in pain, when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you are feeling stressed or anxious, when you feel like you are drowning and you give somebody else the opportunity to like throw you a little life raft. Because we all want to be that for somebody else. We all want to be able to provide support when somebody that we care about is going through something. So recognizing that the same is true when we're the one going through something giving people that opportunity to reach out and to help you. And the last thing I would say, something that really helps me, especially when, you know, sometimes solitude feels good. And I acknowledge that. Like a lot of what I've shared is about kind of connection with other people. But also for a lot of folks, solitude sometimes feels really good. And I know for me, like I need to practice balance when I'm in a space of overwhelm. And so I'll lean too heavily in solitude. But that the solution is not to lean completely out of it either and to only want to be around other people. And so in those moments when it feels better to, you know, sit with your own thoughts and sit with kind of your own experience to be mindful of that. Maybe that looks like, you know, a guided meditation app. So something like Headspace or, you know, one I really like is called Budify. It's, um, B-U-D-D-H-I-F-Y, like Buddha, but Buddha-fi. Um, and, you know, these are, these are apps that kind of have guided meditations built in around like particular experiences. Um, you can also, you know, YouTube search free guided meditations. I mean, those things are available to you for free. Um, I'll also include one here at the end of the episode and in the show notes I will... Um, I'll note kind of the timestamp of where it falls. So if you ever, you know, want to come back to this episode and jump right to it. But, you know, there's one that I really like that is just kind of like body awareness. And, you know, a big thing when you're, you know, doing meditation is this idea of bringing awareness to your body and not, I think a lot of people get scared of meditation because it's this idea of like, you have to wipe your mind completely blank. And if you can't do that, then you're doing it wrong. And like, I don't agree with that at all. I think it's this idea 
sure, the idea is like if you can focus on your body and your breathing and not be so stuck in kind of your thoughts, of course, that is, you know, kind of the whole point of meditation. But, you know, in practicing meditation, it's not necessarily about, you know, punishing yourself because you have racing thoughts. I mean, I would never be able to meditate if I felt like that was what it was about. But it's this idea of being able to raise the consciousness of your physical body and your breath. And then if you do have thoughts that are coming in or feelings or emotions, to be able to acknowledge them and then to release them. So, you know, not, you know, eliminating any feelings or thoughts or whatever that you might have because you're human, you're going to have those. But instead being able to notice when those come in and then also to let them go, at least in the moment that you're in this meditation experience and to connect with your physical body. And so I'll share um, a meditation script that I really like um, and I'll, you know, read it in my voice and everything, but um, we'll include that later on in the episode. But yeah, so just to recap, I mean, some tips that I have that I've gone through here for how I like to think about, you know, holding it together when my life feels out of control, when I feel anxious, when I feel overwhelmed. Um, So one is to find your support system and tap into it. Number two is to write things down, whether that's on paper or in a notes app on your phone or something else. Number three is make a plan. Number four is be realistic about your bandwidth. Number five is Tell people you care about what you're going through. Number six is let people help you. And number seven is meditate to connect with your body and breath. And so I really hope that, you know, any of these takeaways are helpful. Um, And if they are, I would love to hear from you. Please let me know whether that's on Instagram. I'm, um, you know, you can always take a screenshot of this as you're listening to it and tag me when you share it um, or just reach out to me directly in a DM. Would love to hear what what resonates for you. Um, as with everything, there might be some stuff that, that resonates or feels sticky for you and some that doesn't, and that's okay. Um, but, you know, since this this experience felt so present and so fresh for me um, and I was going to have to share with you all about it anyway in terms of why I didn't post a podcast last week. I did want to, you know, just share some of my my tips and what has worked well for me and things that I have tried to keep in mind because I know I'm not alone in this um, in this experience of you know being overwhelmed and having a lot of stuff going on. And this is something that happens to all of us at some point or another, and probably many times over the course of our lives. And so, wanted to share with you kind of the ways that I cope. Um, Also, if there are things I didn't mention that feel like really important or useful tips for you, please share them with me, (laughs) not just, you know, not just for me, um, but so I can share them here on the podcast. So you can do that either in a DM, in an email. Um, If you visit my um, podcast page on Anchor, I believe it's anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, all one word. Um, But on the Anchor app, if you look at my podcast, podcast, there's a place where you can leave a voice memo. Um, So that's anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson. 
then you could actually leave me a voice memo and share a little bit about your kind of strategies for keeping it together when you're overwhelmed, when you're anxious. And I can share that here um, in a future podcast episode. So visit my page at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson and uh, leave us a voice memo. All right, friends. Well, um, here is a guided meditation for you um, whenever you are feeling anxious and overwhelmed and want to just reconnect with your body and breath. Enjoy. To begin, become physically still wherever you are, either lying, sitting, or standing. Choose a posture where you'll be as comfortable as possible and lightly close your eyes. Bring your awareness to whatever is going on for you right now. Give the weight of your body up to gravity. Allow your weight to sink into the points of contact between your body and the floor or the chair or the bed. What sensations are you feeling right now? If you notice any tension or resistance or painful or unpleasant sensations, gently turn toward them. Accept them as best you can. If you begin to tense around the breath, then let go a little bit more with each out-breath. Soften into gravity. Notice any thoughts as they arise and pass through the mind. See if you can let them come and go without needing to identify with their content. Observe them as if they were clouds in the sky. Notice your feelings and emotions as they arise. Can you let these emotions and feelings come and go? Include everything within your awareness and regard it with a kind perspective. Now, allow your awareness to gather around the experience of the breath deep in the body. Drop your awareness inside the breath and feel the different sensations in the front, the back, and the sides of your torso. Can you feel your awareness within the flow and movement of your breath? Use the breath to anchor your awareness in the present moment, breathing in the body, noticing each inhale and exhale again and again. Anytime you notice your mind has wandered, Gently guide the mind back to the breath, deep in the body. Now, gently expand your awareness to include the whole body. Feel the weight and shape of the body as it sits, stands, or lies. If you've got any pain or discomfort, make sure your awareness stays open. Cultivate acceptance or acknowledgement for all of your experience. Befriend it. Use the breath to anchor your awareness in the present moment. Breathing in the body, noticing each inhale 
and exhale. Again and again. Gently open your eyes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson, and I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old-fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes.